Hi, and welcome to LISD's Digital Dish. This podcast is hosted by Julia Frazier and Michael Vick, two of LISD's instructional technology facilitators. We will be discussing the latest digital innovations, dilemmas, and solutions for your classroom and more. We love Google, efficiency, and sharing information. Join us as we banter, debate, and discover the technology offerings of LASD and beyond. Here we are with episode seven of The, the Digital, Digital Dish. Dish. Today we've got a packed episode on our hands. We're going to talk about keynotes. Yes, which I'm very jazzed about. Yeah, what else are we going to talk about? We, well, well, Michael, <laughs> now that you ask me, um, we're going to touch on some Google Slides as our oldie but a goodie. I know that we're going to do some tech apps curriculum for our highlight, yeah. and we're going to mm-hmm. have a very special moment with Michael. Yes, where I'm going to talk about how you need to own it. Own your classroom, come up with your own classroom style, and make it your own so that you can really bring out the best in your class and in you as a teacher. Indeed. Now, Michael and I are pretty excited this Friday morning. Oh, it's not the morning. It's the afternoon, first of all. I'm so excited I can't even remember what time of day it is. I'm I'm excited, but what am I excited about? We're excited because, guys, we are too legit to quit. Oh, that's what we we are excited about. We're pretty awesome right now, Michael. Mm -hmm. Why don't you tell them why we're so awesome? Well, we officially got it approved for us to go live. So anybody can go to iTunes right now and search LISD. I almost said search up, which would have been really stupid. My daughter said that the other day. You can search it up. What what are you talking about? But yeah, anybody can go to iTunes right now and search for LISD Digital Dish, and you can find our Bitmoji faces. It's pretty exciting. We feel very official. I spent all weekend telling anybody who would listen that Mm -hmm. I – I'm officially iTunes published podcaster. Mm-hmm. It was really weird. Like I'll, I'll be sitting there talking with a teacher or working with a teacher and I'll be like, hey, guess what? I have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Completely unrelated. And I'll, put, I'll bring it up. And... I know we're talking about something important, but did you know I have a podcast? <laughs> I may or may not have listened to us in the car once or twice or three or four times. And it was very exciting to mm-hmm. share my commute with myself. Mm-hmm. And you, as I do with some of my other favorite podcasters. It was fun. I was I definitely listened to it too. I put it on in the car and the kids listened and they were really shocked to hear my voice coming from the car speakers. It was neat. It was, yeah. It, it makes me feel very excited that the main, one of the main reasons though I'm so excited about it is it makes it very accessible. So mm-hmm. now you don't have to do anything special. You can just go to iTunes on your phone and download that app and get some LISD ITF realness on yeah. the go. You get notifications when we have a new, I mean, it's like a legit thing. Anytime, legit like any podcast. Thing. We're pretty excited. But we're going to go ahead and dive right in. I think I'll continue this excitement wave by talking about my personal exciting, exciting digital tool, which isn't new, but the features that they've added to it recently makes it just my new favorite thing to talk about. And that would be Keynote. So Keynote is, of course, an Apple-produced tool. It is Apple's answer to Google Slides or to PowerPoint, except for that it does so much in this one little packed tool. Keynote, in addition to allowing you to do the typical PowerPoint or Google Slides type actions like 
creating presentations, it now has the feature, and this feature comes standard on any iPad that has an iOS that supports these features. Of course, you need to make sure your iOS is updated, but, or your operating system, it allows for you to embed drawings. So you can draw with a stylus or your finger on your, on your keynote presentations. It allows you to embed audio recordings. It allows you to embed videos, pictures. You can put in anything that you want, really. It has its own database of icons that you can create right within and use right within Keynote and then totally customize. Text boxes, all that normal, like I said, things that come with a presentation tool, but then the ability to take it to another level. You can build in your transitions. One of my favorite transitions is the draw transition where it actually takes your drawing and does a line sketch of them as if you were drawing them at that exact moment. You can overlay these features. You can have kids add audio recordings or video recordings. Super powerful. I'm thinking especially for like the e-portfolio for reflection, taking a picture of the work and then putting an audio recording right there on the same slide. I got to say though, this is one of those tools that you seem to know a whole lot about, and I know <laughs> very little about. Well, uh, I can school you on it. It's you, you pretty You know, I amazing. am going to need to like sit down and have a, tra a Julia training on Keynote. because I really, I mean, I, I generally know how to use it, but to me, when I use it, it just seemed like, um, I don't know, it just took a long, a long time for me to kind of get it to do what I wanted it to do. Mm -hmm. But eventually, you know, I came up with a really good product, and I guess over time, you just, you know, you get faster, you, you get, get smarter, faster and, more and easier with it. And honestly... Keynote had been one of those things that I had put on the back burner because um, that's I where it is right now for me. <laughs> well, see, you were where You're I was. Gonna bring it back up to the I'm going to bring it back up to the front because it was on the back burner because I was concentrating on GAF tools and because they saved so easily. What are GAF tools? Oh, Google Apps for Education. That's not what it's called anymore. Uh, I always G Suite. G Suite. I'm sorry, guys. I still use the old terminology. That's okay. I've been. Uh, I said it. I said GAF tools before, and I got. You know, yeah, to. I know. Sorry. G Suite tools, because the problem with Keynote had always been, and Pages, had always been that they were really hard to get in your Google Drive, and oh. then to download it or to put it on the ePortfolio. So, um, so what do you do now? Just save it as a video? So here's or? the thing. Yeah, with the Keynote, you can export it as a movie. You can export it as an image file. You can export it as a PDF. So they learned. Yes. So my favorite way is to export it as a movie file because then it'll automatically build in all those transitions. It automatically plays the videos. It automatically plays the audio recordings that you do. I'm going to do a little of a slide in here with something that I didn't focus on, but that's pages. Pages you can export as an EPUB now, and an EPUB will save in your drive just like anything else, and you oh, can put okay. it on the ePortfolio just like anything else. I see. So Apple really went above and beyond in creating these tools. We had, like I said, it was on the back burner for me, but then we had a training with our district's Apple rep, and he was going over these tools, and I cannot even explain to you how excited I was about it. All the teachers that were in the training with us were excited about it, all the amazing things that it can do. Um, so really something to talk to your ITF about if you need more information. But not me. <laughs> no, maybe me after we have our training. We'll have, a, we'll have a tutorial, and then he'll be ready to talk to you. Or dig into it yourself. But it really is 
one of those tools that packs a huge bang for its buck. And I think that everybody should be using it more. You did um, tweet a cool video that you did on Keynote. Yes, I did see that. That was I've neat. been making little animations saying awesome things. It's amazing. So maybe I'll tweet a very special digital dish Google Keynote yeah. icon. And that way you'll know how awesome it is. There you go. But um, yeah, that it concludes my little rant on Keynote there. Seriously, though, check it out on student iPads. They'll need to go to the self-serve if they're in elementary school to download it. If they're secondary, they will need to... They can just, go to the app store. Just go to just the like, app store. Yeah, regular app store. I mean, it might be on it might be on the self service. I'm just not sure off the top of my head. I'm on my teacher iPad. I got it from the self service. It's probably on self service then. So sorry, guys. I just live in my own little elementary world of where the apps live. So, so. they're all elementary teachers. So I get it. <laughs> but yes. So anyway, check Keynote out. And with without further ado, we're going to move on to. Sit back and relax. It's time for a moment with. So I'm going to talk about owning your own classroom. Now I'm going to be I'm going to be frank. I was a secondary math teacher, eighth grade math. Um, eighth graders walk into my room, and I am not like your usual elementary artsy fartsy, like make your room themed kind of guy. I'm really not, and I and I really never was, but. Like three or four years ago, my partner and teacher and I, we got together and we just decided that this is the year that we're going to, we're going to really want our kids to, to try everything. See, that's a big problem as a math teacher is you get kids and they encounter a math problem. They want you to just to show them how to do it. And the problem, and you can, right? I mean, I can, I, I learned the content. I can show them how to do it, but they're not going to really learn on their own. They need to struggle. And so we had the class motto of try everything. Try everything. Try it. Cause, and I refuse to help any kid who just didn't want to try or said, I don't know. or didn't Because what's the consequence of just trying? Exactly. Especially mm-hmm. like in a safe and – that, and that was the other thing. It really created like a safe environment to try just so they knew that, you know, you're not in trouble. Try it. If you get it wrong, then you, you learn something. Then really mm-hmm. you may, it may have been better off than that you got it wrong because you learn more from what you get wrong anyway. Like I said, but we made we made this nice little logo. We printed it out. We laminated it. We cut it out. We put it all over the room. And, you know, I thought it was way better than, like, you know, a, a border and banner and all this other stuff because it actually meant something. Instead of just doing a motto for the heck of it, we had a motto because we lived it. And that, was, and that really became kind of my style. I also did my classroom a little bit differently where I had my desk in the corner, but I was never at my desk when students were in my room. I had a really tall table in the middle of my room kids worked on their own stuff and I had a lot of instruction online and that's just who I, and that's just who I was like I'm not I'm not the kind of guy who can sit in front of a room like w- there was this history teacher who was the, a great great storyteller a lot of history teachers are and like that's just how he owned the room and that was that's who he was and that was not me and that's not really I think a great way like I can love math and I do and I and I did but I can't really get eighth graders to love it I just had a lot of my, I made mine more independent, and that was just how I worked and how mm-hmm. I made it. And um, I don't know, it just really helped me kind of become more okay with, with my classroom, my teaching style, when I made it my own. And I think teachers don't need to be afraid. They, they, you can have role models, and you can have you know heroes and stuff, and you can do, but really, ultimately, you got to be you. You can't, you can't really be somebody else. You have to be you, and you have to make it work for you. Absolutely. When you have your teaching style and what works for you and you're bringing that to the classroom, the kids vibe off of that and they 
experience and feel your passion for what you're doing and that in turn makes them more excited when about I, it. When I changed my classroom, made it more like independent study and you can come to me to help because I really want your help only after you struggle with it first. That was really when I saw my kids learning go through the roof. And it's more than just like making it me. It's just the whole environment is just different. So we're going to move on. That's my the moment with me. Was, you know, that was very it was, nice moment. It was longer than a moment. We should change the name of that to like three or four moments. <laughs> to a, a four moment pause with. But I'm not, I'm not re-recording the, the drop no. though. I like the drop just the way it is. It is funny. It is funny. <laughs> so we're going to trans- transition over to Oldie Betty Goody. It's time for an oldie but a goodie. You'll notice a theme with my exciting digital tool and my oldie but a goodie. And they are both presentation tools. I am going to be talking about Google Slides. Um, That's a pretty big assumption. I did not assume that you that you're just talking about presentation tools. I don't, yeah. And I don't know what the purpose of that is, but it I just mean, was what was on my mind because I've had been doing a lot of work with Keynote recently, and I've been doing a lot of work with Google Slides recently. And I so just, Keynote versus Google Slides, which the, one wins? Ooh, if it's got to be a showdown, here's the thing: Google Slides has one thing that just the Keynote doesn't have yet, and that's the collaboration ability. While there is some kind of collaboration. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought maybe Apple's trying to... They, they do have it, but the way that we have our devices set up within our district, that collaboration isn't possible at the current time. Same. And remember, we have our devices set up I like that. I just don't want Apple to come, you know, throw stuff at us. No, like no, Apple's. no. <laughs> we have our devices set up that way for the protection and the privacy of our students, so there is a reason for that, a good reason. But right now, the collaboration ability with the Google Slides is really amazing, but the creativity with the keynote tool is also really amazing. So I'm just going to have to draw a line in the sand and say, you can't make me choose right now. Okay. I need some more time to think. You just, you sprung that on me and I'm not going to do it. So. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to ask you again later. Do it. And we'll see where we my answer do a Twitter lies. Poll. Ooh, we could do a Twitter poll about it. So, um, I, like I said, I've been doing a lot of work with Google slides recently as well, which is why it was on the forefront of my mind as an oldie, but a goodie. The things that you can do with Google slides are really great because it really, Casey Bell calls it like the Swiss army knife of, of Google of G suite because it can kind of do everything. I can rearrange the side of my slides and I can make infographics. You know, Google Draw, which is not, there's no iPad app for Draw right now currently, but if you open a Google slide, you can do all the same things in Google slides that you can do in Draw and you can make it multi-pages. Um, and I really enjoy that feature as a temporary fix for some of the things that you, you can't do on the iPad with with draw. One thing that I learned three or four years ago about slides that I really like is you can save each individual slide as a picture or a PDF. Yes. And I think that's something a lot of people don't really think about is they it's like, oh I gotta make a presentation. Well you do I mean, I guess you can. That's one of the mm-hmm. features of slides, but it can do so much more including that where you can save save a page i love them i'll make infographics in google slides and then save them as a pdf to share them with my teachers or i love doing collaborative projects with google slides where you share it with a group of kids and they each take a slide in the presentation but they're all working on the same presentation together or however you choose to arrange it that collaboration piece is really strong one of the other things that i like that i had been rethinking the way that we use google slides is some tools that require parent permission, for example, Padlet. Let's say Padlet, which 
as you know, is an, a tool I love, but I'm also very sad about right now. Padlet allows you to post things on a digital space and have people react and respond to them. So you could share students a Google slide presentation. They post things on the Google slide presentation and kids can still react to those posts. It's just rethinking the way that you use a tool to accomplish the needs that you want to meet with your students and your objectives. You know, this is one great alternative to the long line at the copier. Yes. Yeah, I mean, those collaborative <laughs> Google like I, I, you know, it's always kind of crazy. Like there's there's three or four teachers at this line, this copier at this one at, at school that I go to a lot. I just want to say, you, you could put that stuff online. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, and they just get so irritated that there's like only two copiers for this many teachers. And I'm like, because you could put a lot of it online. Well, it would really help you out. Well, and one of the things that I also love about Google Slides, or a way that I love to use it, is in the ePortfolio. In elementary school, now I know it's a bit different in secondary, or can be different in secondary. In elementary school, we're still losing, learning our skills, right? We're learning our skills, and Google Sites is something that is a little complicated for students, right? Oh, it's, especially classic sites. Mm-hmm, yeah. Classic sites, it's hard for them to get in and navigate, and it's not something to that, make it look pretty. that they right. use in their everyday learning experience, so it could be a bit of a challenge for them. But if they embed a Google Slides presentation as their work, one slide is the work, one slide is the reflection of the work, they're just embedding one thing and then working through that slide. Oh, you mean for the artifact reflection part? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the artifact and reflection. So they're embedding that one slideshow and updating that slideshow, which they're much more comfortable with. And so starting to transition them in to that use of Google Sites through Google Slides. So yeah, don't negate the power of a Google Slide presentation. And, you know, I challenge everybody to try to incorporate one in their teaching soon. What is going on in LISD? It's time for a district highlight. We're going to move on talking about a district highlight. I'm going to start off and then um, we're going to see, we're going to have Julia chime in on the elementary side of things. So there's this little known fact, or I wish it was more known, that there are technology applications curriculum for middle school teachers for sixth or eighth grade and for elementary too. Yep. For the longest time, I probably, you know, I probably taught for four, I taught for four years in, in LISD, but for two, the first two years, I was not aware that there was tech apps curriculum for middle school. And those, it wasn't until three, year three and four when I was like, oh, this is what I have to teach. This is what I have to teach, you know, along with my math curriculum. I did find myself struggling with the with the fact that there are so many important tech app skills that I wish my kids had that really aren't addressed unless they happen to take the elective tech apps, mm-hmm. which my school didn't even offer at the time. Right. And I felt somewhat obligated to kind of teach these kids these life skills. Plus, I saw some really cool opportunities to teach math through these tech apps. I was really happy that the state actually has these in there. I wish it was, I don't know how you can make it tested, but I wish it was something a little, that more teachers really were aware of, that these tech apps were there so they don't have to feel that guilt of kind of sliding away from their specific content area because these are these con, this content is equally as important. You know, our, one of our specialists says it's written in the same ink that your content standards are. Yeah, um, you know, we have technology applications, TEKS, 
for um, their, their banded K through two and then three through five. And so last year in the year before, and we're continuing it this year, we've done a lot of work um, in curriculum writing teams for technology applications, going through those TEKS, really dissecting them and really trying to make some usable curriculum for teachers to make it a little bit more seamless in their integration in the classroom. We're doing some of that too. We're, we're going to go in, it's going to go live here in a couple of years where we, we take those tech app skills and we put them into specific curriculum for middle school. It sounds very similar yeah. to what you're doing in elementary. Yes, and that curriculum for elementary is actually in Edgeforia now, which I'm really jazzed about. It's, nice. it's in what? Edgeforia. Okay. What do you think I said? Uh, not that. <laughs> What's in Edgeforia? Which is really exciting. If you go into your grade level and then click on um, technology applications, you'll see our resources there. We've got like a first 15 days document. We've got Spanish and English vocabulary slides and skills checklists and a bunch of stuff. And it's only going to get more robust as we continue the work. So we are really proud of those pieces that so are now in does, now. So now does elementary have tech apps teachers? What does that look like? I know there's a tech apps teacher at my, my kid's school. It is a campus-based decision. Currently, okay. of my eight campuses that I work of with, I only have one that has a, a oh, tech okay. apps teacher. So there are aren't a large number of them right now in the district, we, but they, they are there. So in those campuses that don't have a tech apps teacher, it's on the teachers. It's very crucial. Yeah. That the teachers take ownership of these teaks and really help their students become technologically literate. Mm -hmm. I think it's really important. I think it's, I don't know. There were many times when I was teaching and I felt like the math that I was teaching was not nearly as important as the technology I was teaching. And for whatever, you know, where my kids were when I was teaching them and just in general where these kids are going in their lives and where the whole business industry is, it's, I just felt like you need to know this. You yeah. need to know some of these things. You know, you could, you could probably get by without, I'm not going to bash any specific math content, but you could probably get by without knowing how to find the length of the hypotenuse of the right triangle. <laughs> but, you know, but, but it's going to be really hard Wait, to get by. Wait, when am I going to use this again? Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I did use it once in real life, hey. for real, for real. We were putting a TV in the back of my car, and I'm like, I don't know if this is gonna fit, and we measured the. Anyway, we did. Well, that's that's pretty. I mean, that's pretty real, real world, if you ask me. Exactly. I don't know. I think some of this technology application stuff is the modern day life skills. They are modern day, current day life skills. They are skills mm -hmm. that our st students need to learn to be functioning members of our society. Concur. So. All right. I think we should end with that. I think we're going to end with that. That was a strong statement to go out on, and yeah. I, I stand by it. <laughs> so thank you for joining us for Episode 7. Yeah. Check us out on iTunes. Yeah. LISD Digital Discs. We're very Search excited it up. about that. Yes. And we'll catch you next time. <laughs> Bye.